Today on the news and why it matters, uh, conflicting polls on the 2020 race and also one of our favorites drops out of the Democratic presidential nomination race. Oh, shed a tear. Okay, we're done now. Got a lot coming up. It starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. Happy Monday. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by uh, Mr. Cliff Maloney. Thank you so much for being back here. You are with uh, Young Americans for Liberty. Absolutely. President of Young Americans for Liberty. Thanks for being here. And we've got uh, Rob Eno, Blaze Media critic. Thanks for being back, Rob. Thanks for having me on. We're doing it with three today, guys. We're doing it live. We are doing it live. Got a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. Um, so if you are, uh, you're, maybe you're looking for a refi, maybe you're shopping for a new home because you've realized, hey, these interest rates are really good right now, and I don't know how much longer that's going to last. Yeah, you're smart about that one. You got to go to American Financing, though, if you want to do business with a financing company who is actually going to do what is right for you and your family, who's going to put you in the best solution for you and your family. There are a lot of uh, different financial institutions out there. A lot of these people that work for these institutions, they work on a commission-based structure. So they're looking at your uh, your solution and they're like, okay, what gets me the biggest kickback from this bank? Yeah, that's not who you want to do business with. You want to do business with American Financing. They are salary-based professionals, not commission-based. They're truly in it to get you the best fit possible for your family, and they want to put you in something reasonable that's going to work. Uh, you can go to AmericanFinancing.net to talk to one of their professionals, or you can call 800-906-2440. That is AmericanFinancing.net. Uh, so... Got a couple of polls to get into. Mm -hmm. I know there are two key polls that have come out today. They both conflict one another. Robino says that he has a, a very simple answer for that. But um, let's let's bring up first the New York Times Siena College poll that was released just this morning. It does appear that Democrats may be in trouble in some key battleground states. Uh, it has how Trump fares among likely voters. So in Michigan, um, Trump is up four for Warren. And now with Sanders, uh, Sanders is up three. Biden is up one in Pennsylvania. Trump is up against Sanders and Warren. Uh, by one and two, respectively, Wisconsin. Um, you know, Biden's leading in a lot of these, um, except North Carolina. Trump is up in against Biden, Sanders, and Warren. And um, let's see, Florida. Biden is up two. Tr uh, Sanders is down two. Elizabeth Warren is down four mm. against Trump. Cliff, what are your thoughts on this? You know, looking at this poll, what fascinated me was you have a situation where last cycle, 2016, I mean, you're talking about a billion dollars spent against the president, um, and that's, that's a, a generous range. It could have been as high as $2 billion um, when you talk about negative campaigning. But all three of these individuals, sure, Biden was the vice president, but you look at Bernie and you look at Elizabeth Warren, I mean, for the most part, they really have not been tested yet when it comes to hard dollars being spent to paint them a certain way. Regardless of ideology, Money being spent to paint you as, hey, you should not like this person. If I'm either of those, or any of the three camps, I'm very worried right now that the president is polling so well against them when no money has been spent to paint them in a negative light. Mm, that's a really great point. Rob, do you agree? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And the, the other thing is, this again is a battleground poll. And the other poll we're going to talk about is a national poll. Mm -hmm. 
And when you look at the state-by-state -state poll, what this shows is basically there's been no movement of Trump versus generic Dem. And these aren't even generic Dems. These are three, like, well-known Dems. There's been no movement between 2016 and today. If you look at the internals of the poll, which, which I saw Nate Cohn, who is the, the polling analyst for the New York Times, was talking about, if you look at white college-educated people and you look across the line, mm -hmm. it's almost exactly the same. If you look at white, no college, it's almost exactly, all the All the internals of the poll, all the crosstabs are almost exactly the same as they were at the end of the 2016 election. And the big mistake that the media made in 2016 was they focused on the national polling and not the state-by-state -state battleground polls. Those state-by-state -state battleground polls showed movement towards Trump. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, now, I will say among likely voters, this same poll, the New York Times-Siena College poll, among likely voters, uh, the data is slightly more favorable for Trump. It shows him leading Warren by three points, up one point against Sanders, and then down one point versus Biden in the same states. I'm not sure. I don't have on here what the margin of error is. Well, one, one comment I'd, I'd make is, you know, you look at these different candidates and you look at what they're trying to do. What is their message? You know, we talk about since 2016, if impeachment Impeach. is the, mes the message, mm -hmm. and I don't want to jump to it to our next topic, but if, if impeachment's the message, which we've seen, like when you think Joe Biden, what is his campaign message, right? If you are a average, let's say, swing state voter, and you think Joe Biden, you're not sitting there thinking, oh yeah, his message is jobs, or his message is X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. His message is the same as Bernie's, which is the mm -hmm. same as Elizabeth Warren's, which is, we've got to impeach the president. And... I think Democrats are missing the boat on this. Now, look, to the, to the wonks and to the talking heads in the mainstream media, you know, they're in the loop and they're in the weeds. And sure, Elizabeth Warren's got a million different proposals. <laughs> but to everyday voters, they're not getting that message. And I think that people underestimate the value of running and trying to inspire voters. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at what Obama did back in 08 and 12. You look at what Trump did. You're not seeing any type of national message from any of the leading contenders uh, running for the Democrat nomination. Do you wonder if it might be that they are worried about spreading their message because they're, the message that they would spread if they were to say, hey, this is my proposal, is just everyone gets free stuff and your taxes are going to go up a ton. You know what I mean? It's like, how does that, I feel like they might be in a quandary because how does that sell to the American people, uh, you know, when they've already got a great economy, we've got low unemployment, you know, we've got record unemployment numbers for minorities, especially. We've got things so going so well right now. It's hard to run on these platforms that they are advocating for. And, and where's the wedge issue, right? If you're a Democrat strategist, right? Let's take off our, our belief in the Constitution for a minute and say yeah. we're a Democrat strategist. <laughs> You know, what do you what do you tell these candidates? Because you're right. Record low unemployment, record low for black America, Asian Americans. I mean, the economy is roaring. Now, I'd like us to cut some of the spending and yes. I've got my critiques. Yes. But if you are running a national campaign right now against President Trump and against kind of the status quo in America, it is difficult to find that wedge issue. And I think they have latched on to impeachment because they don't have another issue. Mm. You know, what, what is it that they can dive in on? I mean, even some of the major issues the left has tried, oh, like criminal justice reform. Yeah. President Trump has swiped off from right. under them, passing the first step back. Yep. So I think if I'm a Democrat right now, I understand why they're doing it, but they've got to dig a little deeper to find a wedge issue that Americans actually care about. And, and to your point, uh, in the article in the New York Times, they interviewed some of the people that did the poll, and there, there was a young woman that was basically 
Warren is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, like that was what she said. Like these policies, to your point, if they ran on these policies, they would be down even further. And, and to your point, the 2008 and 2016 elections were basically the same. They were outsiders who said they were going to go and bring down the status quo. Mm-hmm. Trump has kind of done it, and now they want to impeach him for it. Obama didn't do it. He got all in with the, you know, with the deep state, with the administrative state, because that's who he really was. He lied about who he was to get elected, that he would go in and change it, but he did it. And, you know, to, to your point on impeachment, I don't think it's going to work. I mean, look, look at the national polls that they're talking about with impeachment, right? They're talking about, well, 49% want to impeach it, 51 or less than that don't want to impeach Again, these are of like adults, mm. not registered voters, not people that are actually going to decide the election. Nancy Pelosi this weekend went on record saying that she doesn't know what the Democratic candidates are doing. It's because she knew that polling like this exists. Mm-hmm. If the election were held today, Donald Trump would get another four years and people's heads would explode. <laughs> Let me give you one quick note. I was in an Uber in Florida, northern Florida. Florida matters, especially coming into 2020. Right, yeah. I had a 40-year-old female independent uber driver tell me and i asked her just anecdotally i said you know what what are your thoughts currently because she asked what i do Mm -hmm. and she said you know i'll tell you this she says i'm not a huge trump fan but what they're doing to him with this impeachment you know i'm gonna have to support him because nobody should have to go through that process and it's just this this unfair bashing when he's trying to do good things and i mean coming from an independent in florida I should tell you something. That's incredible. Uh, Well, the conflicting poll that we referenced earlier was, of course, it was a national poll, as Rob pointed out. It was a Fox News poll, of all things, released yesterday that had his approval rating, Trump's approval rating, at 42 percent, with 57 percent of registered voters disapproving of his job performance. And somehow they threw Hillary Clinton's name in there, which, I mean, Fox, Come on. What are you doing to us right now? Why are you trying to convince her to run? Okay, I get it. Ratings. All right. I got it. Um, But uh, let's see. Trump is behind all of the top tier Democrats in this poll. He is behind Joe Biden, uh, 51 to 39. He's behind Warren, 46 to 41. He's behind Sanders, 49 to 41. And then Hillary Clinton, uh, 43 to 41. Why did they why did they throw her name in there, Cliff? Just for fun? I think to torture us. I think you'd be surprised that Hillary Clinton, uh, the Clinton family, I mean, walking away from power. I'm not going to sit here and say I do expect her to get in, but it wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, Fox is probably right to, to ask the question. Um, but just to go back to to the, you know, talking about national poll versus state based polls. None of these folks have had the type of money spent against them. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you that, you know, they can look at the polling early on. They made this mistake in 2016. Once the money is spent, once voters are actually paying attention or forced to pay attention because a billion dollars will be spent against whoever the Democrat nominee is to paint them. And they're going to paint, you know, they're going to spend money too to paint themselves. But when that money is spent, that to me is when you're actually going to see the movement and see if the American people want to support them. Rob, you say throw this poll out, doesn't I, I just matter. I throw this poll out, but poll. I, I will tell you that Hillary Clinton was up by those numbers in mm-hmm. 2016 yeah. and she won the popular vote and she did not win the election because we're a republic with an electoral college yeah. and you need to do the state by state polls. I think Hillary, if she, I think I said it on Friday, but if Hillary wants to get in, she's got 11 days now to register, pay the hundred dollars to register in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Hillary is going to get in, I think we know by December, by November 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point and just to, to hammer your point home, you're talking about the billion dollars hasn't been spent in media, in earned media alone, 
trillions of dollars, right, have been spent against Donald Trump right. over the past three years. It's been right. every day. It's been Groundhog Day. This is the day we're going to get Donald Trump. Right. Yeah. And then they don't get it. So, I mean, Donald Trump's negatives are pretty much as low as you're going to get them. There's nowhere else to go. Um, so our good friend, good friend of the program, Robert Francis O'Rourke, he has <laughs> sadly announced in the middle of our broadcast on Friday, actually, of course, of all times, uh, he has sadly announced that he will be dropping out of the presidential race. Cliff, how, how hard did you cry when you heard this news? <laughs> you know, working with, uh, with younger Americans, people with, oh, you know, people have to be upset. Uh, Americans don't want to have to have their guns bought mm -hmm. back. Um, I think gun grabbers, as much as uh, the media and as much as they're portrayed as kind of, hey, a mainstream idea, uh, most people believe in the right to self-defense. Uh, they believe in the Second Amendment. And so I think this is a, uh, for me, it's, it's a reassuring moment. You know, sometimes I, I do have to worry, especially working with younger people. You know, you see yes. some of these polls yes. and you see some of the ways they're trending. But this was a good gut check of yeah. like, you know what, the American spirit of self-defense and really protecting that right um, I think his campaign kind of floundering mm -hmm. reassured me that we have hope and we do still respect the Constitution. I completely agree. And I love your optimism. Rob, what are your thoughts? Bob Frank was a, a media <laughs> creation yes. um, from the beginning. Yeah. Um, in Massachusetts, we used to have a thing. Uh, we called it the FUMU principle. I'm going to say mess up, move up. You can see what the F is for. <laughs> and um, that, that was basically Ooh. what he want, what he did, right? I mean, he lost mm -hmm. to Ted Cruz. Everybody thought he was going to win because that was the year, like next year's the year that Texas is going to go blue again. Um, well, remember when Wendy Davis ran, too. Right, it oh, was going to go blue. It had to go blue. Yeah, it's going to go blue. It's going to go blue. I um, will say I was not comfortable with how close he right. got. Mm -hmm. Right. If, Beto, it, if it's because I moved here and it goes blue, you can, you know, blame <laughs> me. It'll all be me. But, you know, he had no campaign. He had nothing. He doesn't stand for anything that Americans stand for. He is the pretty boy in the media elites, that Vanity Fair, like, gushing over mm. him article, people who live on the Northeast Coast, in the Southwest, the extreme Southwest Coast of the United States, think that Beto was the perfect candidate. I said his name. Bob Frank was the perfect candidate. And, and they don't understand, just like they don't when they fly across the country. And I, I talked about that tweet from some idiot in New York last week, didn't know what, why there were patchworks on the ground mm -hmm. in Iowa. They don't know what this country is about. So they think, oh, Beto's like the guy that we would vote for. So, of course, everybody has to love him. Who likes skateboards outside of Whataburger and stuff, bruh? Uh, Beto said, Robert Francis said, my service to the country will not be as a candidate or as the nominee. Acknowledging this now is in the best interests of those in the campaign. It is in the best interests of this party as we seek to unify around a nominee. And it is in the best interests of the country. I could not agree with that last sentiment anymore. Uh, so but while we go to break, please enjoy this tribute, uh, RIP to Robert Francis's campaign. Back in a minute. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. So I'm here at the dentist and we're going to continue our series on the people of the border.
we get back into the conversation, we want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. So earlier in the program, I told you about American financing, where you want to go if you need a home loan. Okay. So realestateagentsitrust.com is who you want to use when you are looking to buy or sell that home. Um, So, you know, everyone and their mom seems like these days says, oh, I'm a real estate agent. Yeah, I dabble in it. I have my license. I kind of do it part time for friends and family. I can totally hook you up. That's not what what you want to do. It's just the biggest investment you're ever going to make in your life. No pressure or anything. You want to make sure that you are dealing with someone who really knows the area, who does this full time, and more importantly, who shares your values, especially if you're moving somewhere cross country. You're not going to know where's the right neighborhood for my children to grow up in. You know, I don't want to live next to a drug dealer. These are all things that realestateagentsitrust.com can help you find. It's very easy. You go to the website, you type in your information and your zip code. They have someone call you usually within minutes. My husband and I just used this recently. He, he called us within 10 minutes and this was at eight o'clock at night. I don't know when these people don't work, but lucky for you, they're always working. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com if you are looking to buy or sell your home. So um, last segment, we talked about all of the candidates basically running on impeachment, right? They don't want to talk about their platforms, but I think you guys would probably agree the only thing that they really are willing to talk about, regardless of whether or not they're telling the truth, is their Medicare for all plans. Right. Who, ha- who goes the furthest, who eliminates private insurance and who doesn't. Uh, Elizabeth Warren has been hammered pretty hard for her Medicare for All plan. Um, just last week, I know we covered this Friday, but just last week they finally announced it was just, it's just another $52 trillion. But just the $52 trillion, not that big of a deal. Don't worry. Oh, also, by the way, we're also going to lose 2 million jobs from all of these displaced health insurance workers. But again... No big deal. It's just the two million jobs. Uh, She was asked about these health insurance workers, all of these people who would lose their jobs over her Medicare for All plan. And here is what she had to say. Watch. People who work in private insurance and all the people even here in Des Moines who work in private health insurance, where do they go and work when private insurance is eliminated? So if you've had a chance to read the plan, you'll see no one gets left behind. Uh, some of the people currently working in health insurance will work in other parts of insurance, in life insurance, in auto insurance, in car insurance. Some mm. will work for Medicaid. And there is a five-year transition mm. support for everyone. Because what this is about is how we strengthen America's middle class mm. and how we mm-hmm. make sure that in transitions, no one gets left behind. It's right there in the plan, and it's fully paid for. Okay, um, <laughs> as a health insurance broker myself, I really think my head just exploded. Is there, am I, am I, am I still here? Am I still alive right now? Did my head you can just sell explode? Apartment renters insurance at $125 a year. I mean, and if, make a living. It'd be fine. If this isn't a prime example of the fact that the people who are creating and making our policies have absolutely no freaking clue about the industries that they are creating regulations and policies for. Uh, no, Elizabeth Warren, you can't go and sell auto insurance with a life and health license, okay? That's not, it's not the same thing at all. At all. Idiot. Cliff, your thoughts. 
I think it's fantasy land. Uh, this is something that I continue to, to try to ask. I mean, I think the media actually now, because so many people put the pressure on to ask her, yeah. how are you going yes. to pay for this? Over $50 trillion. At the end of the clip, she says, you know, oh, and it's all paid for. Yeah. She keeps skipping over that. And you cannot, you cannot get in these situations um, where Democrats are promising the world and to them it is. It is just, I, it's, it, they don't live in the world of realism. Mm -hmm. And these programs have ramifications. Like we said, two million people losing jobs. Now listen, I'm all for the market working itself out. Right. But not because government got involved and forced us all to pay higher taxes, which we will have to pay, mm -hmm. to pay for over 50, I mean, it's so not within the realm of possibility. It's almost frustrating to talk about. And my question is, does she scale it back? If she gets the nomination, because I don't think she does. I think no. she's all in, Medicare for all, let's I just agree. spend a trillion here, a trillion there, who cares? But that's what's interesting to me is to see them just continue to pull the party to the left as far as they can. 50, I mean, that is, that is, that is a big number. Well, and you know, we talked about, you, you touched on spending earlier and how, you know, we've, we've got some, some things to do with that because obviously we need to rein it in. There's no party right now who right, is absolutely. interested mm -hmm. in reining in spending. Um, but I feel like we've gotten to the point in America where the deficit is so high, our debt is so high. It's like, it's, it's just this imaginary number that doesn't mean anything and that has no ramifications anymore to the average American. Do you think that's true, Rob? No, I, I absolutely think that's true. It, it, it's ridiculously high. It's numbers that nobody can wrap their heads around. Um, you know, the, the, the left will tell you, and this will make Cliff's head um, explode. We need to print more money, right? I mean, just print more money. But the part of that clip that, that I caught right at the end she basically talked about an entitlement program on top of the entitlement program that for five years she'll take care of the people that she fires. And then and then make them transition into a government Medicare for all job. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or, or, or just yeah, sell car insurance. That was like, that was crazy. And, you know, so, Donald well, Trump wanted to change foreign policy. So, so um, <laughs> Cliff, I do want to get your thoughts on, let's say, okay, so we know that the way that she's proposing she's going to pay for this is not going to happen. Meaning, no, a wealth tax isn't going to pay for all of what you're trying to do, Lizzie. But let's pretend for a second that it was. What about the fact that it's not constitutional, that, that wealth tax? How do we, it's like the Americans aren't even concerned with the fact that she's proposing something that really doesn't seem to be constitutional, even if the math were to work out. Yeah, well, sadly, I think the Constitution is you know, kind of seen as a suggestion map yeah. uh, rather than the, the law of the land as we'd like it to be, especially to the Democrats. Um, but with the numbers here, I mean, everyone is numb to debt. Mm -hmm. That's a major problem in this country mm -hmm. is we don't even talk about it. I mean, you say printing the money, you're all going to get me frustrated. <laughs> but but it's, it's insane that we are at a point where I truly do believe that the biggest threat to the country is the debt. Um, but it's so hard. It's so hard. Pollsters, fundraisers, you know, when it comes to votes, it's such a tough uh, in the weeds concept to talk to people about spending and to talk to them about debt. But eventually that impacts those, especially those on fixed incomes. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about those that are older, retired folks, people that are, are on welfare, or some sort of fixed income. We can talk about it in a, in a wonky way, but those are the people, this spending, this $50 trillion that she's trying to put forward, it's not going to hurt the, the richest Americans. It'll bring the quality down for everybody. It's going to hurt those at the bottom of the totem pole because it's going to make it so that their dollar's worthless. Yeah. And that's the most frustrating part. Yeah. All right, back in a minute.
Before we go into overtime, don't forget if you have not yet subscribed and rated our audio podcast, we would like to ask you to do that. It helps us uh, move up in the rankings. More people actually get to see this show, know that it's around, and obviously become major super fans because we here at the News and Why It Matters are really awesome and also very, very humble. Uh, also, don't forget, Glenn is, as we speak, they're all working on this third Ukraine special. You don't want to miss it. I hope you caught the first and second ones. If you didn't, they are available on BelazeTV.com. Uh, get you an annual subscription. Save $10 if you use promo code NEWS. And then it'll be all set and good to go for his third special. You're not going to want to miss it, and you're also not going to hear it from the mainstream media. Overtime starts next. Don't miss it. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. So we've covered uh, pretty well the saga with Representative Katie Hill. Uh, who resigned last week from Congress after it was discovered that she had she was having an affair with multiple staffers, which is, of course, we don't even need to get into the weird pictures. We can just say it was against House rules that, by the way, she was involved in passing during the Me Too uh, era. So just wanted to, to bring this up before we before we move on. Katie Hill today Two day after she resigns from Congress for being sexually inappropriate and for what we are told is being a sexual predator for preying on someone who is a subordinate while she is in power, she tweets out, a year from now, we have the chance to show women and girls that we matter. Hopefully, we'll elect a woman as president. If not, let's work to make sure a serial sexual predator no longer <laughs> occupies the White House. What are we as a nation going to do? Ladies, show up how like there's no self-awareness there's no self-awareness zero self-awareness but is it that or is it that they know they can get away with tweeting or saying all of these ridiculous things and there's no media that's going to call them out for it well there's that too because the media hasn't called her out for it at all i mean the, the media has basically cried and wept openly that she had to leave mm -hmm. for doing the, like, less, we, we talked less than what Al Franken did. Al Franken went honker honker and never touched anybody. Right. And she actually touched people. And then said, and then says that there's a double standard because she has to be held accountable for the own, for the rules that she herself helped set. Seems bizarre. I also, Cliff, what are your thoughts on, I hate that she, ladies show up, ladies, we have to make sure there's no set, like, Oh, I'm sorry. So it's just men who are sexually inappropriate because um, I'm pretty sure that Katie Hill, I'm pretty sure you just did that. I think the most frustrating thing, especially for us that care about ideas and that care about real policy, is when people revert to this identity politics of, listen, because you're a woman, mm -hmm. you have to vote for women. Mm -hmm. Because you are this minority, you have to vote for that. I mean, it's, it's, it's so... It's just so belittling, you know, to say that to women that, exactly. hey, you have to vote based on the fact that you're a woman. I mean, yeah, the women I know in my life that are strong, independent, uh, quality thinkers that can make decisions. No, they're not going to vote based on, you know, your genitals are going to vote based on what are the ideas and what do you stand for? 
And it is crazy to me, not only the double standard and just them being tone deaf with this tweet, but the idea that you can say, I mean, Democrats just do this. They just say these things because their positions are to empower women. No, I mean, I want to empower women, too. That's what I believe the free market does. But talk about being tone deaf coming from her. Uh, uh, I want to empower women, too. That's why I don't want uh, trans women competing against real women in sports. Oh, but I won't go there. We'll save that for another day. Um, so Tulsi Gabbard takes a shot at the DNC. She says, um, as the Democratic nominee, if she is uh, elected as a Democratic nominee and as president, she wants to rebuild a new Democratic Party one that truly represents the interests of the people of this country that is fighting for them, fighting for their well-being, fighting for the well-being of our country and protecting our, nat our natural resources on this planet. Uh, and she said, I think it's unfortunate that we've seen, especially throughout this Democratic primary, how the DNC has kind of been implementing their own pre-primary election before the voters even get a chance to vote. Uh, you know, we're talking about, Cliff, you just touched on how the Democratic Party is just, it's just identity politics at this point. I mean, it is identity politics, well, I don't know. It's identity politics and it's impeach Trump. I'm not sure which one actually would take the cake for that. If I was going to say which was the actual. Don't forget Medicare for core. all. Thank you, Medicare <laughs> the, the, for all. The core of the Democratic Party is <laughs> is, is identity politics. Are you sure? I don't know. No, no. The, this is a tactic oh, yeah. they're using. The core, what they truly believe, is, is just, identity politics. Is just solely identity which politics. Kanye, which is why Kanye is so. Kanye West is an existential threat to the Democratic coalition because, like you said with Katie Hill. He's like, y'all don't have to believe this anymore. I mean, you yes, can think for yourself. Also, he's a little bit crazy sometimes. Um, but I appreciate appreciate you speaking it. out, Kanye. Um, but you know, Tulsi, Cliff, I want I want her to have reasonable policies. I want to like her because she comes out and she speaks the truth, and she's not in this identity politics mm -hmm. game. You see, she came out and said maybe impeachment isn't isn't the way forward, and I mean they just. They threw her to the wolves. Last it was over. Year. It was over. How could you say that? You know, of course, like we have to all be in line. I say go Tulsi. I love Tulsi. Uh, I have a lot of problems with a lot of her domestic policies. I think her foreign policy, I think she's a lot more aligned with Trump than people think. Yeah. And with kind of this America first, like, hey, let's let's think about how we can support the troops by bringing them home and not being the world's policemen. Mm -hmm. And she picked that. Remember we're talking wedge issues. She has picked kind of ending, ending this regime change wars. The problem is the Democrat Party will never have it. The Democrat Party is the party of Hillary Clinton. It is the party of this corruption, this top-down, one-size-fits-all, we know what's best for the littlest of Americans. And Tulsi is presenting a new message. And while I say I will disagree with her on so many of the domestic policies, they are not going to allow her to get to the microphone. So her trying to come out with this new Democrat Party, I think she's going to face a lot of the problems that you find is kind of this rebellious, let's almost call it the Tea Party within the Republican yeah. Party. When you're trying to push back on the status quo, that is a powerful beast. And when Hillary Clinton and, uh, and, and kind of these folks who have had power for so long, they're not going to give it up easily. And I just, if you don't get anointed by the Clintons, I don't, I don't know how you get to the nomination. I think that, you know, you look at Biden, you look at maybe Bernie because he would give in on a few things, and, 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 but Elizabeth Warren, sure. Tulsi is somebody who's going to speak her mind. There's no room for that in the Democratic Party. I, I completely agree, which makes me wonder, Rob, she's got to know that this is not a winning strategy. She, she, I mean, she saw what happened to Bernie. You know, the DNC decided Hillary is going to be our nominee, and they made it so. Um, and she's got to know that speaking out, there's, she's not going to be president. 
So what is she what is she going for? I, I think maybe she's just trying to change the party. Mm-hmm. She's the canary in the coal mine that's like this is she not just wants gonna to work. Be the, the, the spark. The spark. She's okay. like, this isn't gonna work. This is what's gonna happen, trying to get a, a, a coalescing group of people. Um, of course she says everything that a Russian asset would say yeah. uh, for <laughs> Hillary. But no, it, it, I think that that's what it is. I think she know I mean, she knows she's not gonna win. Beto knew he wasn't going to win. People run for president for different things. Yeah, I mean, Beto was, well, well, was Robert a, Francis was more of just an ego. An ego thing. Know. But I think that she wants to change. Yeah. Um, but to, to go to your point about impeachment, she's like, we shouldn't do this. Then she voted for it. Yeah. So Well, yeah. and I think, I think she's trying to appeal to maybe the 5% of the party that still has some sanity. Um, and That's I think generous five percent. Yeah, I mean, we'll think about. It. We all have some liberal friends who are not what you would call, you know, part of this like impeach tomorrow, Medicare for all, fifty. Tr- I mean, the normal. You know, I come from Pennsylvania. You've got your blue collar yep. Democrats. Democrats. They don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And or or the part that does exist, let's say it's two percent of the party. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Tulsi. She's screaming to those people, saying, "Hey, listen, let's not flush the toilet or the the, the party down the toilet." Yeah. And I just don't think they're going to let her reach those folks. I want to get your thoughts, Cliff. You haven't been here for a while. So I want to get your thoughts on just what you think about this whole Donald Trump Ukraine phone call. You know, it's we've covered it exhaustively here at Blaze Media. Glenn has done some amazing chalkboard specials on it. Um, my personal position is that probably not a good look for the president to say what he said uh, about, you know, well, to withhold aid in the first place, to try to pressure a foreign country to do our bidding, probably not a good look. At the same time, though, it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be sending millions of dollars to a foreign country and have them be doing a bunch of corrupt crap and us not be able to hold them accountable for anything. So what are your thoughts on, you know, what... Did Trump do anything impeachable, first of all? What do you think? So I say no. Um, I think what he's done so far, I think I have my qualms and I have questions and Mm -hmm. I have things I think we all would like to dive in on. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what you're seeing is it's more become any single step that he takes, you are seeing folks try to politicize it. Um, and, And we talked about this. I think it's such a mistake. Yeah, Uh, It is such a mistake because there are people who care about certain issues. There are people that, you know, would actually have questions about that phone call or about trying to understand but if you're trying to tackle somebody and take them down every day of the week it gets to a point where it's like when you do have something that might be real are we all numb to it right are we all at this point where it's like well not again here we go with the same old you say groundhog day i love that they've they've cried wolf for like a thousand and twenty days now They've cried wolf every morning for a thousand and twenty days, and I'll go further than, than you guys. I actually have no problem with it. it. What what the media doesn't understand is that there is actually a criminal investigation into the start, as Glenn showed, mm-hmm. the start of the twenty sixteen election um, Russia hoax that happened in the Ukraine with Chalupa and a bunch of other people. There is an there is literally an investigation there. Donald Trump, when he used the word about, you know, not withholding aid, but when he used the words it would be helpful to us and things like that. It was about that investigation. Yeah, I know. That favor was about that investigation. We withhold money from countries all the time for not helping us with investigations. The problem that the media and the Democrats have with Donald Trump is that Donald Trump has a different foreign policy than they do, and they believe that as the administrative state, they can enact a foreign policy. The transcripts that got released of those of those depositions or whatever you wanted to call them in the shift skiff um, were, were 
actually, that's what they're saying. They're like, I don't think this is in the best interest of the United States. I don't think this is how our foreign policy should be. In my 30 years of being in the foreign policy field, I'd, I've never seen anything like this. Too bad. Yeah. Run for president, win the election, then you get to dictate what foreign policy is. You don't get to do it as a bureaucrat. You're there to do the bidding of the president. Yeah. Uh, so Friday's poll is a little bit <laughs> skewed because we asked, what, what we asked Cliff was who will be the next 2020 Democrat to drop out. And then O'Rourke immediately dropped out. So thanks a lot, Robert Francis. Uh, but the results, uh, 31% said Kamala Harris. That's interesting. 31% also said Julian Castro. So they were tied there. 24% said Robert Francis. I'm not sure how many of you already knew that answer before you uh, went and clicked that. And then 15% said Cory Booker. So let's toss Robert Francis out of this one. Now that he's dropped out, who do you think is going to be the next 2020 Democrat to drop out, Cliff? Um, is, uh, Wayne Messam is still in the race. And I, Beto O'Rourke has already dropped well, out. Those guys what, stay in. What, no world, people stay what in. world am yeah. I living in? So the one thing, uh, working for Rand Paul in 2016, yeah. I learned a lesson, which was people don't drop out because their poll numbers are bad. People drop out because they run out they of money. money. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something important for all the, all the viewers to, to remember is, you know, if your poll numbers are low, then it's tougher to fundraise and it's tougher to, to, to bring in money. But I was interested to see Kamala Harris starting to lay off a lot of her staff, yeah. uh, focusing in, you know, and trying to pick which states. And it's intriguing to me. I don't necessarily think she gets out before California because I think that's her, you know, hey, if I can win California and if I can surge there, then there's hope. Um, but I think you will start to see a lot of the kind of B and C tier mm-hmm. folks because it's just tough at this point. Yeah. Because you're, you're still far enough away from an actual vote where you could get that energy. Um, but I still think Mayor Pete's the one to look out for. People think I'm nuts for this. He's got tons of money and uh, he's not spending it. And we talked about inspiring earlier. I'm not saying it could be Trump. But I think of all the candidates, we talk about all of them that are kind of, you know, they've got this message of let's impeach, let's impeach, and I'm, I'm next in line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the Democrats need to find somebody that inspires. And I think Pete's got the money. Kamala Harris, if I had to bet, um, of the top tier, I think she's the first to go. Do you agree, Rob? I absolutely agree with Kamala Harris. I mean, she, she's closing her offices in New Hampshire. And again, not to belabor the point, we have 11 days left before you can you know, qualify for the New Hampshire ballot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a really weird time to leave the state, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a hundred bucks. Somebody can go and do the, the paperwork. But if you're not compete, if you're not, if you don't have an organization in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and Nevada, you're not a real candidate. Yeah. I mean, you're just not. How, how is it that we live in a world where Kamala Harris will probably, will likely drop out before Cory Booker? Like, I, Cory Booker is, I just, he's such a joke. I really genuinely thought he would be one of the first people to go. And I can't believe he's still around. He's got Rosario telling him, don't drop out, don't drop right. Maybe that's why she finds him attractive. Maybe Rosario Dawson finds Cory Booker attractive because he's running for president. I mean, and if he drops out, reason. it's over. Can't think of any yeah, other reason. Maybe that's reasons. the reason. I think he's got money. Um, yeah. And I, I, once again, I think their burn rate has been better. And, and I, I don't want to keep digging on that point. But right. These things are loss when you run out of money. And so I think he's got money. Um, and I think he's got a few big backers. I've seen some of the support where they want to see, hey, as things, there will be. I mean, if half the field drops out in the next month to two months, which, I mean, you look at 2016, like post-Iowa, you know, my, my former boss ran I me. Mean, all these people dropped out. And it becomes, That's I mean, 
<laughs> He's still in the race in his mind. But you, you have to look at that as it's one of the ways that people continue to donate. And it's why people continue to have support because it's like, well, if these, that's the pitch. Yeah. You know, if these three people drop, all that support's going to go right, to me. Right. And so I think the one thing that will blow the race up, if Bernie gets out, which people are saying he won't, but with his health and these kind of scares, if he gets out and a lot of that shifts to Elizabeth Warren, as people suspect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you lose a lot of those C candidates overnight because you're going to say, listen, yep. now there's no path. Yep. You know, there's no path to victory. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, today's poll, social media is really trolling Robert Francis on this one. What will uh, Beto do now that he has dropped out of the 2020 race? Will he run for Senate in Texas? There is a, a rumor of that happening, he, him running for corn and seat. Will he stand on store counters, eat more dirt, or live stream doctor's visits let us know i mean who knows or they left out will he try to feed his wife baby poop again and say that it's guacamole oh, did you not hear that one god no you didn't i've unfollowed no. him on twitter i can't I you can't were following him i can't keep up with it i couldn't follow after the third i could dentist. not do i couldn't hit the button i would just go type out his name if i wanted to the, see the third dentist visit was when i said that's enough how about the flu shot where he held up his puny little arm he's like <sighs> Okay, okay, I'm ready for my shot. Oh my God. Good riddance, Robert Francis. Let us know what you think. Go to the Blazes Twitter. Uh, vote on our very scientific poll. Gentlemen, <laughs> thank you for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>